Hello, it's Dawn, and this is my podcast, Conversations. It's a variety show about real life stuff, and there's something on here for everybody. So if that sounds good to you, let's go. Hi, Hunter. Hey, Dawn. Can you hear me? I can hear you perfect. Um, okay, so you have your own business. That's amazing. Did you did you have your own business before you moved to Chicago? Yes, I did. So I um, I started the business in 2020. I wound up getting furloughed. Um, I was living in Kansas at the time, and I was there for okay, 2020 through. I think through a big chunk of 2022. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I miss a big city. I had lived in Austin, Texas uh, for a while prior to moving to Kansas and like absolutely loved it. So I was like, okay, well, big city time for me. Oh my gosh. How just by yourself? Yeah. Yeah. So so luckily, um, one of my really good friends from college, she lived up here. Um, she had lived here for about a year and a half, I think before I moved up and was like telling me all about it. I'd gotten to visit a couple of times, which was very different from my experience moving to Austin. I moved down to Austin having known no one, having never visited the city before. Um, and so I was like, Oh, maybe I should do this a little bit differently this time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's still brave regardless, even if you know one person there, just picking up and moving. I I have lived in the same place my whole entire life, so I just could not even imagine the guts that it takes to pick up and start a new life different places. That's amazing. Oh, thank you. I, I enjoy it. I get bored very easily. So yeah, well, okay. So your, your personality, it just exudes from your picture that I saw. And then just when you were, you know, promoting yourself, trying to get, you know, on podcasts and stuff, I would never stereotypically never think that you had any type of bipolar disorder. So how did you even find out that you had that? Yeah. So it's been a journey for sure. Um, So things really started to go sideways in college. So all the way up through high school, everything was, you know, super manageable. Didn't really think I had anything, you know, going on. And I got to college where the stress levels just shot up significantly. And that's what seemingly triggered some of what was hidden, (laughs) hidden within my psyche, I guess. (laughs) Well, how did you know that that's what it was? I mean, as opposed to just like being hormones, you know, because when we PMS and everything, it's it's happens or, you know, just your age. Like, how did you think like, oh, I think I need to be seeing someone about this? So I had seen um, I started seeing a therapist in college and she was the first person to kind of bring it up. And I was like, "Mm -hmm, I think you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And I had seen, you know, a handful of other therapists throughout that time. Um, So from college all the way up until now. So that's about nine or 10 years, give or take. And, um, you know, a handful of them had, you know, kind of offhanded said the same thing. There was a couple that, I mean, pardon me, but I don't think she's a very good therapist. She was like, well, are you like running naked through the streets? And I was like, mm, I don't, I don't think so. No. Oh, wow. Is that I in know. textbook somewhere? I know. And she was like, then you don't have it. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go ahead and take your word for it because I don't want to believe anybody else. Right. Oh but, my gosh. What an odd thing to say. I know. But yeah, looking, looking back, um, 
I can see a lot of a lot of the symptoms. So it's a lot of uh, mood swings. So my moods shift pretty quickly. Um, and actually, it wasn't until I think 2021 or early 2022 um, I got a new I got a new therapist and he completely changed the game. So something about me, <laughs> number one, I don't like being told what to do. Number two, <laughs> I don't like people who don't know me telling me who I am. <laughs> so, well, yeah, I mean, right. that seems normal. Right. And I feel like therapists had a tendency um, to like, you know, you walk in and they're like, you talk to them for 10 minutes and they just tell you, oh yeah, you've got this, this, and this. And I'm like, try and put you, you in a box. Anything. Right. Like you don't know anything about me, but this, this new therapist, he was like, okay, well, based on what you're saying, I honestly think you might have BPD, which is a little different from bipolar disorder. It's borderline personality disorder. And instead of just telling me that he got out his book and read through the symptoms and just asked after each one, does this sound like you? And that, wow. was, right, and that was the first time that like someone took the time to allow me to kind of diagnose myself within, you know, the, uh, the vicinity of an actual professional. Like I'm not just out <laughs> on that MD, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to ask if you like Googled your symptoms. Everybody does that. Right, I mean, did you get on there and say, you know, moody? Because for women, I would assume they would say it would be hormonal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I started looking at it after the first therapist had kind of brought it up. Okay. Um, where I was like, oh, because up until that point, like I, Dom, I was like straight in my own la la land. Of <laughs> like, oh my God, I'm perfect. There's nothing, <laughs> nothing going on here. Uh, <laughs> and, oh. and so after, you know, that first therapist kind of saying something about it and really going back in and reading some of the symptoms, I felt like some of them, like, yeah, yeah, I can kind of relate to this. But there were others where I was like, this just doesn't, doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. you know, something about this doesn't feel right, which is why I really appreciated when my, um, my most recent therapist had brought up the borderline personality disorder and how the two can sometimes coexist together. Um, because the BPD was one that was a lot easier for me to grasp. Now, reading about that one, oh my gosh. I, I'm telling you, everything online about people with BPD makes them seem like monsters. <laughs> I was like, okay, guys, we we gotta cut everyone else some slack. Okay, this can is... you lighten up a little bit, <laughs> right? I was like, oh my gosh, we're not evil. Chill, maybe you're just right. jealous. <laughs> <laughs> well, is it something that's hereditary? Yes. And so turns out mom recently um, was recently diagnosed with bipolar as well. And then she, so her and her mom were disconnected for a long stint of time. And it wasn't until a couple years ago that there was like a lot of reconnecting happening. And so mom was uh, introduced to some other like half siblings that she had and turns out a number of them also have bipolar disorder um, and like a lot of other mental health things. And so I was like, okay, well, now that we also have this newfound evidence, right. I should probably take my meds. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So it, it was not bipolar disorder. What did you say it was actually that he ended up coming up with? 
Uh, BPD, so borderline personality disorder. So what's the difference? Yeah, so the difference, uh, and well, for me specifically, one of the big differences with BPD is the mood swings happen a lot more frequently. So with bipolar disorder, you have these swings, but you're usually in certain states for longer stints of time. Okay. As mine, I mean, one day I'm high as a kite next day, like I'm in the trenches. And so it's like, okay, this is, this is pretty, pretty wild, pretty intense. Um, another one is a lot of um, kind of attachment issues with BPD as well as the quick jump to anger as like the the top emotion, which I thought was really, really interesting because that's also something that kind of runs in my family. Um, I've got a brother um, who also, I, I personally think he's got the same thing that I do. We grew up in the same household. Right. Grew up. Similarly, um, BPD tends to stem from, um, trauma. Now I'm not going to sit here and say that, like, I had an awful childhood because I absolutely didn't like bless my parents. They did the best they could. They were great. Sure, sure. Um, but I mean, especially with mom growing up with her as undiagnosed bipolar, there was a lot of kind of living on the edge that I wasn't aware of until much later in life. And again, that is not anything on her. I mean, she didn't know, you know, sure. um, and she also ran a business. And so there was all that stress uh, put on her too. So, uh, so yeah, anyways, anger <laughs> <laughs> as you laugh, right. Right. It's just all about that getting angry. Um, but yeah, so that, that's a really big indicator of the BPD as well. And then also, uh, just really struggling with a sense of self. So I'm really good at mirroring other people, which is great for kind of being a chameleon. It's awesome for moving around a lot because I can quickly and easily shift into different groups. Yeah. But it winds up causing a lot of um, internal turmoil, especially with regards to relationships. Um, because when you don't have a sense of self, it's really hard to show up and feel safe in a relationship, right. especially like a romantic relationship. Um, and so I thought that was really interesting too, because that tended to be where I struggled the most like friendships. Oh my gosh, I could be friends with anyone and everyone, not a problem. But the moment you introduce a romantic element to it is like all hell breaks loose <laughs> in my brain. <laughs> well, at least you recognize that though. I think there's probably a lot of undiagnosed people running around that, you know, just go from relationship to relationship thinking the other person's the problem. Right. Right. Mm. Wow. So did you, are you medicated now or did you start and you had to like tinker and try different kinds of medication before you found the sweet spot? Yes. Yes. So I, um, throughout college tried a handful of different medications, um, had some like weird, weird side effects. Like one of them, I broke out in hives. I was like, oh, hell no, we're not doing this anymore. <laughs> um, and then for a big stint of time, you know, I was in a pretty big denial phase. You know, I feel like when, and it's, it's so sad because like, if you break your leg, you're not denying that your leg is broken. You right. know, like physical stuff we don't deny as often, but uh, we deny like mental illness all the, all the time. You know, we, we want to feel like that, you know, we can handle it on our own and you don't need help. You know, if I have to get 
medication or, or help with it, then, you know, something's wrong with me. Why can't I just do this on my own? And it took a lot of, a lot of time, a lot of self-talk as well as a lot of, um, you know, advice and suggestions from the people around me who cared, you know, we're like, you know, you're not, there's nothing wrong with you. If you take meds, Hunter, like if it's going to make your life easier, then do it. I you know, my stepdad's diabetic, you know, and I don't look at him any differently because he has to take insulin. Right. You know, yeah. so, so why, why would I view myself differently if I have to take, um, you know, an, an antipsychotic or something, you know, that's such a good message though, because you're right. An illness is an illness, whether it's internal, external, there's no shame, you know, right. you're just doing whatever you need to do to be able to function in everyday life in normal society and be quote unquote normal. <laughs> right. Whatever that means. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's nobody normal out there. So right. don't fire for that. But um so do you do you find now that you are able to have closer relationships now that you feel more like you you know yourself? Yeah. So I feel like um now do I I, I still struggle for sure. Like I still am incredibly cautious and anxious in relationships, but knowing the triggers for myself, knowing how I do show up, but then also being super upfront with a partner and being like, Hey, like, I'm going to be <laughs> hella honest here. These are the areas that <laughs> I struggle in. You know, this is, this is what tends to happen. These are the ways that I react. Um, I am working on it, but I'm I'm not hiding this behind the door anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, gosh. I, I think that would be wonderful if everybody could be that upfront and that vulnerable. I mean, no matter what their situation is, I think that that's refreshing that you just say, Hey, this is me. I have terrible mood swings. You know, some days are great. Some are awful. And I'm just giving you the heads up. That's me. That's part of the package. Right. Well, I just feel like, you know, I, I would want to know, like, I like going into things and knowing kind of what to expect. And I feel like, especially because the swings and the moods can be rather unpredictable, the more information that I can give to someone else to potentially ease their anxiety, so they're not picking up on mine, the right. better. <laughs> yeah. So what advice would you give somebody who maybe just recently got diagnosed with the same thing? What would you tell them? Ooh, I, I feel like, no, first and foremost, you are not a monster. Don't listen to the books. Don't listen to whatever they write about online, unless you're like going to Reddit and actually reading from people who have it. Like, right. <laughs> exactly. Like, don't, don't listen to that, that other stuff. And then the other thing, oh my gosh, uh, the therapy that you can, so DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy, absolutely changed my life. Like so I, what is that? Yeah. So DBT is a, like a skills-based therapy. So CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy uh, is a lot of that, like talking therapy, like the talk therapy. Now DBT, there are specific skills that you learn. You build this toolbox of these skills and you pull on these skills um, whenever you're experiencing, you know, a potential swing or a situation that is stressful or triggering. Um, it also focuses a lot on mindfulness. My therapist uh, who ran the program and the, the sad thing is I feel like not very many therapists actually do DBT. So it is kind of difficult to 
find, but if you can, it's absolutely worth it. Um, he always said that it's absolutely a, like a lifestyle change as opposed to just a, I'm going to come into the office and chat with you for an hour and then go home and do my own shit. Right. Right. Um, like it's, it's a commitment, but it really has provided me the tools and the techniques that I have needed to navigate situations that were massive hurdles in the past. And it was designed, um, I believe it's Marsha Linehan, I think is her name, but she had, um, if I remember correctly, she had BPD and was able to cure herself, which wow. is wild to think about, right? Like I didn't think that mental illnesses were curable, but was really able to like turn her whole life around in the development and implementation of this therapy. Wow. So what, what would be an example of something that would trigger you that, that you had to rely on that for? Yeah. So, um, a big one. So if I talk about romantic relationships, um, one of the core like modules within the therapy training is all about navigating relationships. Mm. And so, um, one of the big tools that I have used and that's not just helped me in romantic relationships, but even as a business owner in understanding how clients and potential clients show up to calls and um, meetings and stuff is to take a pause and recognize where the other person is coming from and accepting that however they are showing up today, they have had a past that has made them that person. And you have to accept that person. You can't be, um, you know, it's, it's unfair to judge that person because of the past that they had. Now, at the same time, that does not mean that you have to continue to interact with that person. But okay. you have to accept the person as they show up. And then it's your choice as to how you're going to show up and deal with that. But a lot of it is really taking responsibility for self um, instead of trying to control everyone in the situation. It's just controlling yourself, um, being understanding, being empathetic, but also realizing the way that you're speaking to these people too. I mean, I, I'm sure many of us have heard the um, like you versus I statements mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, it pulls, it pulls on that a lot as well. Um, another big one. Oh my goodness. So this isn't necessarily relationships based, but impulse control is really, really hard. And that's, that's absolutely a BPD and a bipolar symptom. And for me, like, whoo, buddy, I am a card swiper. Like, I, <laughs> I love to shop. And so one of these skills is just a, um, like, one, one of the big things is just to stop for one second. You know, all you have to do is pause. And then if you can, if you can take the time to pause, what that does is that gives your brain the opportunity to catch up with what your body is trying to do. And then you can try to redirect to wow. a different skill. Um, and that has been a huge part of my journey personally. I've been working really hard on my finances. And, you know, when my big kind of dopamine hits were, you know, swiping the credit card, going thrifting, you know, yeah. Pulling up my closet. <laughs> <laughs> having having the ability to stop just for a moment and really ask myself, you know, am I doing this because I need this thing or am I doing this to try to fill another another need that I have that is below the surface? 
So skills like that. And I mean, there is a huge, like an absolute plethora of skills to pull on and tools to really help navigate these different areas. So again, DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy, 10 out of 10 recommend, I would 20 out of 10 recommend it for anyone. Yeah, anyone. And honestly, like you can find videos on YouTube even of people who will walk you through some of the skills. Now, of course you want to work with a professional if and when you can, but if you can't get in to see one right away, um, you can still find some of the skills described in YouTube videos, which is great. Oh my gosh. YouTube's so useful for so many things. Oh yeah. Um, I, I just think that a lot of what you said sounds like something that every single one of us, every person on the planet could utilize, mm-hmm. like thinking, accepting the fact that other people are different. You can't change people, not getting mad. You know, I just, your impulses and reactions, stepping back, taking, I mean, I think everybody could use that information. So that's just mind blowing actually. So do you, are you currently in a relationship then or? Yes, I am. I am. I actually, um, am now dating a woman. So this is the first woman that I've dated. Um, in the past, I've only dated men. Um, and then part of me is like, maybe that's why things are better now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you said you do get bored easy. So you ran out of of your options for men. Now you're moving to women. Exactly. Um, Moving, moving right along. But how is that? What is it like? Yeah, it is. It's wonderful. So we have actually been really good friends for years and years and years. And um, so I will say like the transition out of friendship into romantic relationship has been a bit of a challenge just because I absolutely like compartmentalize everybody in my life. Yeah. And and now that like, I'm like, oh my gosh, wait, but you're not, you're not just in this bucket. You're also in this bucket, but I don't, I don't have room for you to be in both buckets. How do I, how do I get you from one to the other? Um, So that's been really, really interesting. But one of the huge things that has been really great for my growth in particular is that she already knew about like all of this mental health stuff that I had been dealing with. You know, Mm -hmm. she had been there supporting me along the journey. Um, She knew about the ups and downs. She saw them before we were in a romantic relationship. Now, mind you, she she saw a veiled version, (laughs) but still, you know, still she did see, see parts of those. And so in the moments when that anxiety that I typically get within romantic relationships really creeps up. Um, I have like really high fight or flight. Like I am a jumper. Like the moment, the moment things start to get uncomfortable, I'm like, you know what? Actually, I'm probably better off on my own. Um, I'm going <laughs> to go ahead and go. And so she's really, really good at being like, hey, I see that you're freaking out. How about we just talk about it? If we talk about it instead of you just running through things in your mind. <laughs> <laughs> you might be able to navigate whatever it is that's that's freaking you out. Wow. And and I was like, oh my gosh, wait, like, like you mean we could just talk about our problems? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, yeah. Oh, like, that's oh, so refreshing. Oh my gosh. Yes. And that's the friend in her. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's been so cool to like have that closeness. Like I've always had really close female friends. Like I love being around women. They are my absolute favorites. Um, and so to be able to have like that same kind of love that I have for my friends mm-hmm. or romantic partner is like absolutely amazing. That is not a 
kind of a transition or a cross that had really occurred in past relationships. Oh, that's awesome. I'm so happy for you. I mean, it doesn't, I love is love. I don't care. You know, me personally, I just feel like just as long as you're happy and you find somebody that makes you happy and treats you well, that's all that matters. doesn't matter the gender or anything. So I'm happy for you. That's great. Um, so you come across as very confident (laughs) when, when, when did you become so confident? How did you become so confident? When did that start? Oh man. So Full transparency, everyone. Um, I am still scared shitless like 24-7, okay? So before we dive into this conversation, we got to be real, real. Uh, you could have lied, you know? You could have been like, I was born this way. Oh my gosh, don't mind me. Uh, no, 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 no. So I am still, I am still very scared a lot of the time. Um, I am also, though, the kind of person, and, and this is something that I, I don't know why I do this. But anytime that something scares me, I know that I've got, you know, maybe to the count of five to either do the thing or, or be too terrified to do it at all. And so I have gotten really good at jumping, jumping into something and just being like, okay, like I'll just figure it out on the fly. Um, and the more times that you do that, the more confident you become in your ability to navigate something, even if you don't know how to do it. Right. Um, and then I would also say, <laughs> which Don, you and I had talked about this a little bit, a karaoke. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We're talking about that. <laughs> karaoke. Has when did that been, start? Oh my gosh. So a little bit of a backstory. My dad, um, so he, he passed away in 2021, but was a huge, like a huge karaoke dude. He loved being up on stage. He was all about making people laugh, all about, um, you know, commanding attention. And so I, I have to say that I think, I think a lot of this comes from dad, but the first time ever singing karaoke, like actually in front of people, my little brother and I, and oh my gosh, I don't remember how old we were, but like, obviously not, not old enough to be in the bar, but it was an afternoon. So so dad, dad took us to this bar and they had a karaoke machine and dad was like, ah, you like, you guys should get up and go do it. And my brother and I love singing. Like we'll sing in the car. We'll sing in the shower. We'll sing anywhere and everywhere. Um, and so we were like, okay, like, yeah, let's, let's give it a go. And was it scary? Of course, but going up there and doing it with another person uh, makes right. it at least a little bit easier. And so my brother and I did that. And so, I mean, maybe that was like middle school, early high school. And then after that, I didn't really do, I didn't really do karaoke after that. I did, um, I did some competitive debate and some competitive speech. And so like, I got a little more used to getting up and speaking in front of people when I got to college. That's when a lot of things shifted. Um, I gained a lot of confidence in college. That was my first time ever, like really having to learn how to make friends. I feel like, you know, in elementary school through high school, you're thrown into the classroom with the same people and, you know, it it just kind of happens itself. And so I was like, oh shoot, like if I don't learn how to talk to people, (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) be miserable. Oh my gosh. And so I wound up, I wound up making some friends and a couple of those friends were like, Hey, have you been to the karaoke bar? And I was like, Oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) I have not been, but please take me. 
And so went went and did that, uh, got more confident. Then I moved to Austin and they had an awesome karaoke bar there. And so I would sing there. I moved to Kansas, did the same thing. And then when I came to Chicago, I was speaking. I had I had coffee with a woman here who um, was telling me all about the city. And she was like, so I heard that you like karaoke. Have you ever done competitive karaoke? Oh, my God. What? <laughs> I know. And I was like, <laughs> no, but I, I feel like this was destined for me. <laughs> <laughs> I am crazy competitive. I love to sing, like sign me up. And oh so, my gosh. This is hilarious. And, um, I had, Dawn, I had no idea what I was walking into when I signed up for this. <laughs> in Chicago. In, competitive. In Chicago. Oh my God. I can only imagine. Okay, go ahead. Yes. So I sign up. I'm like, if nothing else, this is a great way to make new friends. You know, luckily yeah. I got put on a team with a lot of other newbies. And so a lot of us were just like here trying to figure it out. And the first week of competitive karaoke, it's like, um, I think they call it unplugged. So all it is is singing. And I was like, okay, but like, isn't that what, what it always is? <laughs> no, because come week two, <laughs> come week two, teams are rolling in with props. Everyone has costumes. One oh, my in a projector. God. I was like, oh, what the hell is this? <laughs> I had no idea I was signing up for theater. Yeah, is this just like a, a little a little bar or yes, yep, okay. yep. It's just it's just in a bar. It's in a bar, and everyone shows up, and it was so cool. Now, was I scared out of my mind? Yes, like I love to sing, but performing is like a whole other beast, and so yeah. I was really really nervous. Um, and so the way the way it works, the way the rounds work, there's three rounds every single time. So every week, all the teams will go the first two rounds. So the first round is always a solo. So one person from each team will go up and sing against another team. The second round is either a solo or a duet. And again, same thing, you'll go up and sing against whatever team you're matched up against that week. And then the third round is a group song. And so everyone will be up on stage. Do you guys get sorry, do you guys get to pick the song? Yeah, so they're themed weeks. So we get to pick okay. the song within the theme. Okay, gotcha. Um, which is really, really fun because it's really cool to see like how people kind of twist the theme. Yeah. To fit to fit what they want. Um last last week. Yeah, last week was glam rock, which oh, is um, my favorite. Yeah, um, that's what I was gonna ask you. When you get up there, what's your favorite? What do you like to sing? Oh my gosh, Pat B. Pat Benatar. Ah. <laughs> oh my gosh, she's my hero. <laughs> like I love singing her. Um, last week I wound up doing Blondie. Um, oh fun. Which also fun, right? Like really, really good times. Um, what else? Like love is a battlefield, or what do you? What's your oh my song? god! So I love Heartbreaker. Oh my god, that's a good one. So, oh my god, it's so good. Love is a battlefield <laughs> is also uh, like I've got on my uh, Spotify a whole karaoke playlist. <laughs> um, like I'm, I'm giving. Oh, I'm telling you, road trips. I'm giving full on concerts. <laughs> I tell people too. I'm like, just so you know, if you get in this car with me and this trip is longer than 20 minutes. Oh, it's so on. It will be a full performance <laughs> for you. You are lucky that you do not have to pay for a seat. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh, what a riot. Well, I bet you have made a lot of friends doing this. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And they're all so cool. And it's really, really neat um, because like everyone's really, really different, but it is one of the most um, like welcoming and warm environments that I have like ever been in. Everyone... Is it competitive? I mean, like, do you feel like, oh, my God, these people are taking it serious? Oh, yeah, especially. Oh, my gosh, especially this season. So last season, um, like people would come up and do some fun things for their for their performances. But like people are going way over the top this season, <laughs> which is really like it's really cool to see what other people come up with. Um, and like this season, my team, we're, we're actually practicing, like we'll get together to practice the group numbers, which has been really, really fun to kind of meet outside of just for sure. Right. Do, you ha- do you have fans? Oh my gosh. So I, okay. The apartment building that I live in is like the, one of the best apartment buildings I have ever lived in. It is like kind of like an episode of friends. I feel like, like everyone in the building knows each other. It's a small enough building. Um, we all like go out and support each other. My neighbors, um, they came out. So anytime, anytime that I have a solo, like we're corralling the building <laughs> and everybody's coming out and watching. And then I've got like friends and friends of friends. I'm like, guys, come on. Like we need the votes. Like, please, please come on out. It's going to be a blast. It's like American Idol. It is. It is. Because also the winning is all about who votes within the audience. And so that's week one through week six is all just audience votes. And then semifinals and finals, it's audience and a panel of judges. Oh. And so I was like, guys. Please help us like get higher up in the ranks. That way we don't have to work as hard. <laughs> now, are you guys allowed to drink to do this? Oh, yeah. nobody, like you have to be sober. No, no, you can, <laughs> you can do whatever you want. As long as you get up on stage and aren't offensive, like, yeah. you're good to go. Oh my God. What a riot. I love that. How fun. Yes. It's awesome. I love it. And the fact that you have a cool apartment complex of friends, you just like living your best life. For real. I, I really, really lucked out. I, I absolutely did. That was one of my big concerns moving up here, especially so uh, winter time. Like winter is obviously much rougher yes. here than it is, you know, the farther south you go. And so having a community of people who you can hang out with, even when it's dreary outside or who are kind of looking out for you is so, so nice. And it makes moves like the one that I did so much easier. Yeah. Now I want to tell you that I'm sorry about your dad. I lost my dad too. And it sucks, especially when there's such a presence like that. You know, my dad was the same way. He just, he lit up a room and um, had a lot of friends. And so Mm -hmm. that makes it really hard. So I am certain he is just loving what you're doing right now, watching you just thriving. So that is amazing. Well, tell people how they can find you and what it is that you do. Yeah. Yeah. So I, as we mentioned earlier, I run my own business. It's branding and graphic design. Um, you can connect with me via my website at Verger. So that's V as in Victor, E-R, D as in dog, U-R-E, designco.com. Um, on Instagram, where I'm <laughs> posting all sorts of weird things, um, <laughs> at, at Verger Design Co. So again, spelled the same way. 
And then um, you can always shoot me an email, just Hunter at Berger Design Co. Find me on Facebook, uh, you know, do what feels right to you. <laughs> yeah. Here, oh my here gosh. I just want to know how this ends up for you with your karaoke thing. So you're going to have to stay in touch and let me yes. know. Yes. <laughs> we all wish you luck, pictures Hunter. of the trophies. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. What a blast. Do you guys post? this stuff online anyway? Yes. Yes. So, so if you go on Instagram, let me real quick, pull them up. It is, I believe it's second city, but I just want to make sure. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the number two in D is in dog. So like second city. So C I T Y karaoke, second city (laughs) karaoke. Uh, Check, check it out. Seriously. (laughs) Check it out. It is so much fun. If you don't, if you don't take anything else away from this day, guys, check out Second City Karaoke on Instagram. You will see the shenanigans that we get into. You'll have a blast. You'll be one oh. in your own city. Or come vote for us if you're in Chicago, guys. <laughs> I'll put all of that in the show notes too, so people, uh, you know, that are driving right now or something, they'll be able to go back and look and find the links and stuff to find you or to find your karaoke adventures. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it that you have been such a joy to talk to. I was smiling the whole time and for <laughs> and for sharing the whole stuff about <laughs> bipolar. People got a lot out of that. It wasn't just for the karaoke hunter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. I love having conversations. You asked great questions. Oh, um, I was also smiling the whole time. So this is perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be in touch. I'll talk to you later. Awesome. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.